Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of the B8 Sales Kennel Call Holistic Healing Hour. Grandpa Bill's Grunts and Groans in my YouTube channel offering here today. And this is where I get together on a daily basis and usually start to go through what's eventually going to migrate out as I mitigate it to do so to my three daily podcast shows. Today here... I want to take about 15 to 25 minutes to revisit, first of all, this book that I've referenced many times. It's called Portland Undercover, How to Visit New England's Hippest City Without Looking Like a Tourist. It's about the theme that I want to talk about throughout the show, humor, releasing dopamine, and how good it is for the body, the brain, and your organs. This is all tied in to my daily shows where we always talk about all of those broad-based subjects within studio guests and where I do the shows daily into my sixth year now. I do a lot of archival shows. I'm always looking for fodder to fill daily shows, 365 times 7, well over 2,000 episodes, now over five and a half years and running and having done podcast shows of some semblance, shape, or form many years before that. So, I've referenced this book a lot, and I'm going to hold this up while I want to tell you a little bit more about some of the subjects that we've talked about at my archival shows under the guise of my Workouts for Geriatrics show, and even my main mentor moments in business and in life, this would be encompassed more where we talk about workouts for geriatrics, a.k.a. silver streakers, for all kids from 1 to 92, because it's about health. And then all of it's about health and wellness and health, wellness, and wealth. <laughs> all of the shows. So here, humor in and of itself for brain health, which I've talked about many times, and stress relief, laughter in and of itself, is a dopamine rush and explains how, and we will explain how humor triggers the release of dopamine, the feel-good neurotransmitter that actually boosts mood and brain function. Laughter in and of itself, speaking of workouts for geriatrics, where we talk about everything, free weights, exercise, resistance bands, nutrition, we've talked about laughter is indeed a workout in and of itself. <clears throat> and I always like to try to goof around being a frustrated comic and having a full appreciation and loving humor. I'm not sure how humorous I am on the eyes and ears of the Homer, but how laughter stimulates the organs and increases the oxygen intake and relaxes the muscles that all lead to stress reduction and tension relief that we practice here. <laughs> hopefully, as we have guests and talk about these subjects, and I've been doing this for a really long time in my own repertoire, weekly at the freedomsnap.org, freedomsnap.org, led by Seth Lee our guide. I'm an audience member there, blessed to be so. It's my therapy. Always looking for more monkey minds, the 100th monkey mind. Come join us there. I'll talk more about the shows there and have in all my shows and all my daily efforts in social media. Laughter is a workout. Humor builds resilience. 
and helps us reframe situations depending on what perspective we come from. It's cold. With day-to-day challenges, life, business, pink noise, world arena, the precipice in time, there's a lot coming at us from a lot of directions. Those of us that have been doing this for a while, maybe we're at the bridge of a gap to help all of us continuing to refine daily. I'll soon be 70 years old. I'm still doing this and learning every day and trying to practice it each and every day. So understand, I'm learning right along with you. Maybe by being an old crony and having the opportunity to do it in my own way for a really long time gives me some kind of connection, whatever, from the porcelain junction box for sure. So holistic healing with humor. We'll be doing a whole show about that and connecting humor to a holistic approach to wellness. And we'll be emphasizing again and still and forever its positive impact on mental, physical, and emotional health. So deep calming breath. Again, thanks for joining us. I'm going to randomly open this book. It was written about 24 years ago now. Wherever you're coming into the show, local people, for sure, welcome one and all, know our old board area, the waterfront, whatever your degree of familiarity is or is not with Maine, basically the greater Portland area in this book. Whoop, <laughs> it's not my camera down, sorry about that. About uh, Maine humor in the old port area, mostly of Portland. Uh, Portland as a whole, a little bit of the history of Portland, Maine, which it's rich in, but a comedic side about tourism, vacation land, Maine is so contingent on it, financially needing it. But this goes back to when the cruise ships were coming in with reckless abandon, taking a look in a humorous way on tourism, having fun with joking around, kidding around. There was no racial animus, crazy stuff. This gentleman who authored the book, Chris Barry, worked for a local rag newspaper called Casco Bay Weekly at the time. And caveat, I've talked about it in many of my supplemental income jobs when I was a sole proprietor, so I could remain in a supplemental income, I'm sorry, sole proprietor job. I actually worked for Casco Bay Weekly once upon a time, briefly myself. Not when this gentleman did. So his job was to be like a roving reporter in Greater Portland, mostly the Old Port area, because Portland's so rich in the arts, the symphony, the art museum, all of the restaurants when there were so many of them. And uh, old Jeopardy trivia question, if it can pop into my mind based on population, at one point in time, Portland, Maine, based on populace, have the most lawyers and restaurants of any state in the United States. Probably going back to this time frame. So it's a very humorous book, and there's very funny passages. So I'm just going to pick a couple here, starting right out with Chapter 1, and just read right along here. We're only in three minutes, so bear with me, and let's have some fun. Let's have some humor, and let's have some laughs. Let's release some dopamine. And let's get healthy and stay healthy together. Welcome one and all. So, verbatim, why you should visit Portland, Portland, Maine. Here's a relaxing New England vacation. 
spend an unhurried week in Portland, eat every meal at a different great restaurant, and leisurely discover our rich history, beautiful islands, unique shops, and magnificent views. Head to the beach. There's many. <laughs> for a day with a pulp novel. Hop aboard a harbor cruise with a picnic lunch. Walk around the arts district and check out the many galleries. Then enjoy a delicious dinner. Most of Maine goes to goes to bed by 10 p.m. In the big city, in our big city, Portland, Maine, we stay up until at least one in the morning. Go to the theater, the movies, or catch a hot local band or a national act with a natural tour date. Many times I've talked about many, many, many different genres of music bands start their national tours here. And they all often reference the Jackson Brown song, Rolling Down 295 out of Portland, Maine, just as one example. Many bands come to the clubs here. Aerosmith used to visit here. Long story, uh, Stephen Tyler's wife from Portland, Maine, his child. The actress, whose name's escaping me, went to Wayne Fleet School here in Portland. Liv Tyler. So small world and Todd Rundgren and very rich in rock history, national tours, the symphony. So getting back to Chris's book in the main humor, but it makes me proud. And it also hoping that we all can enjoy that to the level that we should be enjoying it moving forward. It's so rich in history. So we have people. Portland is the state's cultural, business, and population center, home to the state's top art museums and galleries. We have the largest symphony, the most accomplished theater and dance companies, and Maine's only professional sports team at that time, 24 years ago, AA Baseball's Portland Sea Dogs, which are still here, and the American Hockey League's Portland Pirates, the name of them at that time. There is still a hockey franchise, uh, minor league. <clears throat> the port is thriving, recently surpassing Boston in the handling of bulk cargo 24 years ago. More fish land here than anywhere else in New England 24 years ago. And in a state devoid of skyscrapers, <laughs> no skyscrapers here still. <laughs> I think the time and temperature clock, which I joked around and talked about, and there's some pictures of my son somewhere actually being up on the top of the roof by the, t by the uh, clock for the bird's eye view, literally or figuratively, as the seagulls and the birds were looking down in Portland from our skyscraper. There were no skyscrapers then, for sure. I think the time and temperature clock was certainly there 24 years ago. So the port is thriving, recently surpassing Boston and handling of bulk cargo, more fish land than anywhere else in New England, in the state devoid of skyscrapers. The half-dozen bank-occupied high-rise buildings towering over Portland's downtown is the closest Maine has to a financial district, a handful of small colleges, and two of Maine's largest hospitals, 
are within the city limits. Again, 24 years ago, at the time of publishing this book. Let's see, where am I? Although Augusta is the legislative capital, Portland is the state's center of law, home to the Supreme Court, and more lawyers than necessary, my little trivia question for earlier Jeopardy. Almost a quarter of Maine's population then, then, about 230,000 people live in Greater Portland then, 24 years ago, with about 65,000 people then living in the cities proper with that we call Greater Portland. For those of you that don't have that familiarity or don't live here or whatever, Westbrook is a, is a city in and of itself, but we call it Greater Portland. It's very small. Falmouth, the accompanying townships are called Greater Portland due to this type of a reference. So almost a quarter of Maine's population, then 230 people, 1,000 people living in Greater Portland, with about 65,000 living in the city proper at that time, until 25 years ago. Now, going back 24 years ago, 25 years prior to that, understand that with all due respect, until 25 years ago, Portland was very Caucasian, but thanks to the resettlement of political refugees from Vietnam, Cambodia, and several African countries 24 years ago, from the previous 25 years, so add those two together, talking like 49 years ago, it was pretty much Caucasian here. That's not racism. It was just a fact. We welcome immigration. That's the progression. And never forget, I've done heritage shows about Italian influence here, French influence here, Irish influence here in Greater Portland. We all came from somewhere. So we're not going to get on that kit. This book's about humor and tourism. So continuing from the book, by main standards at that time, that was quite diverse. And more transports, transports, and transplants live in Portland than anywhere else in the state, giving the city an almost cosmopolitan flair 24 years ago. People watching could be a full-time job thanks to the random and lively mix of social classes in a relatively small population. Pierced hipsters sell coffee to the homeless. Yep, homeless even then. Not tent city homeless. God. And the bankers. Punk kids 24 years ago with fuchsia mohawks sit on park benches next to muttering old men while Somali women in traditional dress wait for the bus. No racism. No racism. You used to be able to tease like that. I'm of Scotch descent. You know, the old jokes were all drunks or whatever. Once upon a time, that was true in my own life. It's just humor, folks. It's not racial. This is 24 years ago. Everybody embraced it cool, calm, and collectively, by the way, and were able to laugh. 
Let me continue. So fishermen reeking of rotten bait wait in line at the sandwich shops behind stylish employees of the old port boutiques. So true, the waterfront lobstermen, whatever, would come up, grab a sandwich at the many boutiques. They did have an essence of the ocean or whatever, and there's tourists and people all decked out going to the symphonies, going to go out to dinner full dressed. It was a wonderful blend in harmony, and everybody enjoyed it. It was wondrous. We can get there again, by the way. Continuing here. Fishermen reeking of rotten bait. Waiting line at sandwich shops behind stylish employees of Old Port Boutiques. Bartenders, lots of bars in Portland, man. <laughs> Even still, take lunch orders from moneyed tourists, oblivious to the jealous, starving artists. There were many. There was a school of art, <clears throat> and then the famous art museum here in Portland. So, starving artists, aspiring artists, any of those of you that were, are, or whatever, and you're starving to prolong your career, be it artist or whatever, artist in this line at the bar. So the rich tourists were applicable, coming to have fun on their vacations and spend the money. Well, well, well the starving artist was at the end of the same bar, same analogy of the ambiance, the coherence, the community, fishermen who cared that they stunk, and it wasn't that bad in the boutiques while whomever, you had those demographics and dynamics coexisting quite nicely. Pretty easy when you try it all together. Continuing from the book. <laughs> Bartenders take lunch orders. <clears throat> take lunch orders from moneyed tourists, oblivious to the jealous, starving artists, perched a couple of stools away, nursing cheap beer, and anxiously awaiting happy hour. Okay, we're about eight minutes in. I'll stop this at about ten minutes and then expand upon it further. So quickly, Portland undercover, how to visit New England's hippest city without looking like a tourist. All about humor in a way that was so beautiful. When we could, it wasn't an affront. It was humor. The tourists loved it too, by the way. But there were always exceptions to the rule and somebody stepping over the line or whatever. Well, of course there was. <laughs> Not to the degree as it is now. Okay, so we have at least four seasons. 24 years ago, we did. We don't have three seasons anymore. Whatever you think about weather and up in the sky. And all. <laughs> we basically have a long extended winter and a very abbreviated summer. And Maybe a little spring and fall <laughs> sort of sprinkled in. Here, <clears throat> we have at least four seasons. 24 years ago, we did. Portland summers are fabulous. And they were. And they are. They're just short-lived. That's why most tourists come in June, July, and August. Daytime temps generally between 70 and 80 degrees then. Most days, shorts and tees. Well, all you needed, especially in the Old Port area, very famous waterfront area for those that may have not have been here aren't familiar, sharing some local fun and history and comedy here. 
Once a summer, we experience a heat wave when the mercury hovers in the mid-90s for a week. Back then, that was so true. Whatever about weather patterns is going on, just point of fact. <laughs> we superseded that five times this summer. In, well, 2023, the past summer. <clears throat> and then the heat waves everywhere and all of that. Just saying, just saying. This is 24 years ago. Things change. Don't you think? But Yankee Thrift prohibits spending money on rarely used appliances. So few buildings have air conditioning 24 years ago. So true. The sea breezes kicks up at mid-noon, mid-afternoon. So if you're on or near the water, a windbreaker comes in handy. On some nights, a sweater and trousers will be appreciated. That's the diversity of Maine weather, especially back then. The old adage, wait a minute, in Maine, the weather will change and does. I've told old war stories when I used to be on the road traveling all the time. On the horizon, you're coming from one town, going into another. Literally, seriously, temperature drops as you proceed through. It's a pretty huge state geographically. from. 10, 15, 20 degrees, and you can see the inclement weather on the horizon. Everything has to begin and end somewhere, but you can come in and out of it in fog and temperature. And, you know, you're calling Aunt Louise that lives three towns away. It's 25 degrees lower, and they got a foot of snow. You got two inches. Crazy weather patterns even then. So wait a second. The weather would change quickly here in the book, finishing it up a little bit here. Let's see. Always be prepared for the rain, through, though the last few days have been abnormally dry back when he wrote the book. Even in the drizzle and fog, which are always prevalent here, Portland is fun to explore so much so. You'll just get a little wet. Be sure to make reservations ahead during the summer months. Otherwise, be prepared for a long hunt and possibly fruitless search for lodging. Here's a little secret. Portland winters aren't as cold as you might expect due to the city's seaside location. Temps generally range between 20 degrees and 40 degrees Fahrenheit from late November to March 24 years ago. Even so, the winter can be bone-chilling and biting. You bet. <laughs> so bring your warmest fall weather clothes. Spend a weekend here on your way north for a ski vacation. Most room rates are cut by at least 10% 24 years ago. You can always get a good table at the best restaurants 24 years ago. Bartenders are eager to please. All of them still are today fighting to survive. The winter views of the harbor in the bay are stunning, still are, especially on freezing mornings when ice-covered fishing boats make their way into ports surrounded by billowing sea smoke, the result of the collision between frigid air and warmer seawater. After several months of winter, however, the locals grow wary of filthy snowbanks, the freezing temperatures, and icy winds. That's why Mainers love spring, also known as mud season. Thanks to melting snow and frequent rains, the grass grows greener. Once again, trees begin to bud, and blossoms and gardeners labor in their backyard plots. I'll read much more in upcoming shows, snippets of humor, Maine humor, Maine history. Heartbrain Coherence, Dopamine, another book I reference often because I am a cat owner times two. 
This is 101 Reasons Why a Cat is Better Than a Man. I've referenced this book so many times over the I believe this one was authored back in the late 90s. And again, it's a woman scorned, lovers, husbands, whatever. It's very humorous. It's very well depicted with the graphics of the cats. In this book, of course, the cats are totally supportive of the woman for whatever happened in her relationships and the pretty good slams and jabs to we men. Very humorous. I'll just read the back cover quickly. Honestly, now, which would you rather face, life without cats or life without men? And this is from a woman scorned or whatever. If you had any hesitation about opting for a feline companion, you'd need to read 101 Reasons Why a Cat is Better Than a Man. It provides irreverent, occasionally imprudent, always on target confirmation of what women have long suspected. <laughs> You're better off with a cat. Her words. All right. I'll leave you with one, and we'll reference many. Okay. Woman scorned, whatever, the cat's supporting her all the way through. One line, cats love you when you fuss over them. Cats are not afraid of commitment. Cats don't believe in divorce. There you go, guys. A beautiful woman needs lots of shoes. A cat thinks you should have lots of shoes. And there's the cat. Tons of shoes, giving a Melga Marcos a run for her money. Again, obviously, the slam to the man in her life, boyfriend, lover, whatever. Male acquaintance, you know, whatever. Wasn't fond over her, didn't care about her shoes, wasn't supportive. As you go through the book, there's another one, make up in the morning, you know, the cat's all supportive. Quickly, that line. A cat doesn't care how you look in the morning. A cat would never flirt with your friends. <laughs> Guys, a cat would never tell you how to dress or gross that you wear too much makeup. So we'll have some fun with that. It's funny. It's humor. and I forget my corny saying that I said in one of them. And in defense of we gentlemen, I don't know, about 101 ways a dog is better than a woman. <laughs> We're goofing around. That's the underlying theme here. No animus. No hatred. No slurs. Humor. Dopamine. Hard brain coherence. That's what we do here. That's how I do it. That's how I continue to do it. That's how I'm going to do it until they throw dirt on me. However that happens. Okay, we made it to about 11 minutes. God bless you if you're still here. Continue to do so. I'll see you at the audio shows where we'll embrace all of this. Continue to pay it forward. Make it a safe and productive day.